What's up everyone and welcome to episode 57 of the Just an Insight podcast. My name is Tim Backbeck. I'm a writer. I'm a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, I hope everyone is well. I've got to start this week with a quick apology. Po- yeah, apology, sorry. Um, I noticed the sound on, on last week's episode was a little bit weird um, when I was listening back to the episode Uh uploading it i didn't obviously i've recorded the sort of intros and outros before uploading um i couldn't figure out why and then realized as i was taking everything apart my laptop and sort of packing everything away my external microphone which i am using now was not plugged in so all the sound was just recorded from the tiny microphone in my laptop so uh yeah apologies if if you thought the sound was a bit off compared to usual um that was why um yeah so sorry about that uh i feel like i haven't really done a, a weekly roundup recently but i haven't really got anything exciting to say there's nothing nothing massive happening in the way world of shez tim at the moment so um yeah it's been kind of a bit all work no play unfortunately but got a few cool things coming up in the pipeline so Hopefully when they, those all sort of come together, we'll have more to share with you. Um, one thing is is that, I know I keep saying this, but the YouTube channel is slowly starting to build up. Um, I didn't realise how long it was going to take to upload these, these videos. But uh, I think about the first 15 are on there now. Um, as a, the wrestling roundtable ones aren't on there, but the, all the interview ones are on there. But um, I've been kind of toying with the idea of, of doing a, a vlog along, alongside the podcast as well. Um, maybe doing like a sort of like a Friday thing on on when new releases come out. Just a quick, I don't know, 10, 15 minute video, just of, of sort of a roundup of the records that have come out that week and my thoughts on them. I don't know. Like, if you guys are interested in that, let me know. Um, as always, you can hit me up on the the usual avenues. Um, I'm going to stop babbling as I always do. Um, so I'm going to jump straight into my guest for this week, and I am joined by vocalist of uh, punk band uh, Screech Bats, Esme Baker. Um, I seem to be making excuses on on this episode quite a lot already. Um, but when I was talking to Esme, I had some real issues with my Skype for some reason. Uh, she could hear me, but I couldn't hear her, and then vice versa. Um, tried sorting it out and I, just, I didn't want to waste any more of her time so I was like we'll just do it over the phone so this is, is recorded directly from my phone um, so the line does cut out a little bit here and there but overall the sound's pretty decent so hopefully it shouldn't be a massive issue for you guys um, but yeah really enjoyed the chat with Esme uh, we talk about her, her classical music background her instructions to punk and, and kind of uh, living in the Guildford scene, um, and sort of how Screech Bat, Screech Bats, uh, sorry, Screech Bats, along with sort of several other bands, are kind of breaking down barriers at the moment in the punk scene, and what she, what's her views on on sort of uh, the whole sort of fluidity of the punk scene at the moment. I guess is the best way to kind of say it. Um, but yeah, so please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Esme Baker, and I'll see you on the other side.
Uh, so joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is a vocalist from Screech Bats, uh, Esme Baker. Esme, thank you very much for waiting around for my technical difficulties and taking the time to talk to me. Um, how, I know you had quite a busy weekend, so how, how was everything with that? Oh, gosh, everything was good. We had uh, a really, really good time filming the new video for one of the singles coming on the new EP. Um, so it's been hectic, but, <laughs> yeah. but really, really fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, as, as I said, mentioned before, kind of hit the record button. And the show is called Just an Insight. So I like to take my guests sort of right back to their origins and kind of see what got them ticking in, in the kind of alternative scene. So what what was your kind of first introduction to alternative music? To alternative music? Um, you know what, the first... <laughs> The first CD that I ever bought was Offspring's Americana. No, nice. I guess I guess that's probably that would probably have to be the first, uh, yeah, sort of foray into alternative music. But then saying that, um, my my mum was like a like a proper punk rocker. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know? uh, so growing up, I think I just never really let go of that. You know, <laughs> yeah. she, she, when she was sixteen, she rode a motorbike and had a shaved head and. Um, listen to lots and lots of punk and I think that that definitely sort of permeated my childhood as well so yeah. I guess I guess I was never really I never really didn't have alternative music in my life okay that's cool yeah because I think obviously a lot of people like I, I've told this story before but I was lucky enough to have I've got an older brother so he was kind of my introduction to it but I think a lot of people kind of my my generation your generation kind of had to sort of find their feet in, in their own way kind of thing so it's cool that you had had a parent to kind of guide you to an extent <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I don't think I ever really you know obviously as a, as a, as a kid I always wanted to rebel I was just always wanted to rebel so I think I at the time probably thought it was really uncool that my mum liked the same kind of music as me yeah. <laughs> I really wanted her to not but um, yeah for some reason just end up falling in the same kind of category anyway. <laughs> well the other thing that I, I kind of like to ask before we kind of get into your musical journey is you've you mentioned obviously offspring being the first record you bought but what was your um first introduction to kind of live alternative music was there kind of like a a big sort of standout gig that you went to that you can remember I, you know what, it's not so much like one particular thing that I went to that like blew my mind and I was like, this is what I want to do. But I tell you what was quite, um, maybe I got into this a little bit later than, than, than some people who play in bands in my kind of position, but um, I, I fell into a job working, um, selling tickets on the door at a music venue in Guildford, the Boiler Room. Oh, nice. Um, when I was, yeah, when I was 18. And that just meant that from there and, and that was only like I said I fell into that job because a friend of mine who had made working at another job at a restaurant that closed down um, you know said oh why, why don't you come work here I know some people who work here I reckon I can probably see if they give, give you a job um, and so I started working there like I said when I was, when I was 18 uh, just selling tickets on the door and occasionally on the, on the bar and from that I just made all of my friends were into live music all, all the friends that I made were in bands you know everything just just took off from there and that's still very much I suppose that place is pretty much where my sort of social circle um yeah has has still had its sort of you know basis yeah well because yeah yeah I remember I'm trying to think now because when I was maybe like 16 17 I think was when there was quite a lot of sort of really kind of 
prominent gigs happening at the boiler room but I, I know like nowadays it's kind of tailed off a little bit but I think that's just music venue, venues in general with sort of smaller towns and cities but what yeah. what was kind of like the what was the kind of scene like when you were sort of growing up because as I say I know I always remember like you'd see kind of touring bands hit Guildford Boiling Rooms was one of the ones they'd always hit so were you kind of going to those those shows when you were younger yeah I was I was really lucky um like I said I mean I didn't really really get into it uh, that much funnily enough I think this is probably something that'll come up is I just um that I actually my background is classical music okay. and up until I was 18 that was that was where music was for me that's what I did I sang in an opera company and um I you know did did classical music I didn't really uh, I was kind of a bit of an interest I listened to alternative music music and stuff but yeah I when I was doing music thing when I was seeing live music it was classical music you know that was that was what I thought I was going to go and do for the rest of my life um yeah so I guess when I was younger younger when I was younger than 18 that's that's kind of you know that uh, musical theatre and opera was <laughs> where my musical talent <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh, obviously, like I said, I got this job in the boiler room, and yeah, they did have um, and that was when I really started going to the shows there and seeing the shows there and getting involved in that sort of side of the musical, um, yeah, live music scene. Um, and yeah, so I went to a lot of shows there. Yeah, and I think I think even now they do still have bands you know decent bands coming through i know you said a whole the whole place you know every music venue venues everywhere are kind of are suffering just um but even so there's they do a lot of like sellout nights with really really great artists mm. so yeah it's definitely still still going with some good stuff well as you as you brought it up i've got to pose the question so where, where did the kind of classical as if you say if your mum's into kind of punk and everything where <laughs> where did the classical influence come from it's so funny. It came from absolutely nowhere. I mean, my, my, my dad played the trombone. Um, oh, wow. I think, at, at school. Like, I've never heard him play it. Oh, like, okay. That's it. Like, neither of my parents have got, um, you know, neither of them are particularly musical. You know, they both appreciate music. Um, and, you know, we, we really did grow up with lots and lots of music in the house all of the time, mm. um, which was nice. And, uh, but classical with regards to classical music neither of them have some huge passion for it i have an older brother he doesn't you know um but i think what happened was when i was a when i was a kid when i was a little kid i wanted to sing i sang all of the time i sang you know all the time all the time all the time and i think i wanted to be like i wanted to be like a pop star or something like that yeah. I wanted to be a pop star a rock star um so i you know said to my parents or maybe they just decided that they were going to find a teacher for me because, you know, they'd noticed that I had something that I really loved and they were going to kind of nurture it. Um, and, you know, because I tried everything when I was a kid, you know, I did, I did rugby for years. I, I tried tap and ballet. I tried all the things, you know, cause, you know, my parents were really good at putting me up for stuff yeah. and taking me to clubs and stuff. And I guess singing was one of the things that I was going to stick with because I really loved it. So they went out and found um, a singing teacher, you know, and they thought, you know, this is something that we can nurture and you can, learn to go and be a singer and, and the singing teacher who was closest to us happened to be a classical singer you know and so uh, from a really young age you know so under 10 I think I was going to see this woman Helen who uh, lived uh, not too far from the house I grew up in um, you know I'd be dropped off for an hour there on Saturday mornings and I would learn what she would teach me which on the whole was occasionally some musical theatre but mostly classical yeah um, and I just I don't know. I think it's because I was a kid. You just, you just, 
do what you're told really and it's not that I didn't <laughs> yeah. enjoy it it just I wasn't going to go there and be like I want to sing rock music I want to sing pop music I was just go there and I'd be singing I love singing so I was enjoying it you know and, and this this woman Helen um, taught me for years and years and years and years I think you know I still have lessons with her when I was 18 yeah um you know so uh that just, you know, sort of, sort of sparked my passion there, I think. It just happened to be um, the teacher that they found was a classical teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where that came from. So were, were you kind of, as growing up, were you kind of doing sort of classical performances and things like that? Or was it just a case of that that was the way you were taught? And Yeah, no, I, I did classical performances. Yeah, I was, um, so I, not only that, I also joined a youth theatre desperate for attention apparently as a child <laughs> and um and so the things i wanted to do yeah was, was sing and be on the stage and everything so i did um i joined a youth theater um at the Ivanana youth theater in in the town in the town that i grew up in um and that uh i joined that because i this was because i had an older brother and he was a fantastic actor a fantastic dancer um and he i mean he's, he's actually a detective now funnily enough oh wow but, um, yeah, it's completely changed. But anyway, when he was growing up, he did all of that, and I just wanted to be him. You know, he's three yeah. years older than me. I just idolised him in every single way. So when he joined the youth theatre, of course, I was going to join the youth theatre. So I joined the youth theatre when I was really young. I mean, I was, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I was in infant school or whatever. I think the youngest people they were taking on was like six. I must have joined then. Yeah. Um, and so I did a lot of musical theatre with that. Um, and that was just, again, after I joined that, I didn't really get on. I didn't I didn't get on well with people at school but I didn't really have that many friends at school but I made all of my friends I made through the youth theatre so once I had my friendship group um, that was it you know I stuck with them for you know they're still my best friends now so I stayed doing musical theatre at the theatre because of my friends and then classical singing um, with Helen because you know that's that's just where I was going to do the singing so that took up all of my musical stuff and then yeah I was doing um, lots and lots of musical theatre performance at least uh, one or two plays you know decent sized productions at least it was really good youth theatre twice a year um with those people and then i did all my grades like um you know you can do classical music grades uh the associated boards grades yeah. i was doing those um and then actually when i was a little bit older i joined guildford opera company as well okay so i was doing um yeah uh, you know performances and opera they you know they're which is really really great that i had the opportunity to it's a funny thing to think now I'm talking about the punk band that I sing and here I am like yeah I know when I was growing up yeah so I was doing yeah lots and lots of performances yeah so um, how did because I'm, I'm fascinated now so how <laughs> I know I know obviously you said obviously you got the, the job at the boiler, boiler room and that kind of opened your eyes to it but so how did you personally kind of transition like into sort of performing from classical to to performing with punk bands and things because were you in sort of like rock bands or anything sort of prior to to screech brats or is is this kind of your first proper foray into that kind of avenue well i had been in a sort of a cover rock band when i was in some year eight year nine i formed with some some guys from my year um and we were just you know we'd play all the shows um, and I was just singing that again it was just basically it was just any any opportunity to sing yeah I don't think at that point I ever really thought that I wanted to be in a band you know when I grew up I didn't really think that was going to be something that I would really really want to do I knew I always wanted music to be part of my life but still that was just a little hobby because I'd get together with my friends and, and play some music and it was fun um I guess if we're talking the sort of transition um it's actually <laughs> 
it's a really uh, heartbreaking tale. That oh, okay. Um, so I was doing uh, classical singing and classical music, and I, you know, I, I played the piano, I played the clarinet, I played like a few instruments and things, and I did my, I did music GCSE, GCSE and A level, um, looking, you know, with with a view to going to a conservatoire to study uh, classical singing. Okay. Um, and I, so there's a lot. This is one of those stories that I, I want to be as honest as possible. Um, but I, I can't tell you what really happened okay. because I don't know. Um, but I, I know that when I was eighteen, I had all my auditions for conservatoires lined up. I was sort of ready to go with that. Um, and at this time, I had a car accident. I was back in the car. Oh, sure. Uh, I was in the back of the car. I wasn't driving. And I will say right now, uh, no one ever, ever, ever have a drink and drive ever, ever, ever. Um, and I have no tolerance for it. And if I see somebody, a friend or anyone who's having a drink and they're thinking about driving, I just, I, I, it's all I can do not to fucking scream at them. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, sorry, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll endeavour not to. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no, it drives me crazy now because I, I actually, I feel, I feel still thankful every day, um, uh, you know, to this day that no one was hurt apart from me. I'm really, really, really lucky that that was it. So I was in the car with um, two other people. Um, the girl driving uh, was massively, massively over the limit. Um, we mounted the pavement at really high speed and hit a lamppost. Oh, which is, you know, it, it's like, I just, like I said, the next day and from that day forward, I am so, so thankful that it was a lamppost and not a pair. Yeah. Not another car. You know, I'm, I'm so glad. And, and, Everyone else in the car was fine, apart from me. Um, and I, I didn't even injure myself that badly. I got, a, I cracked um, part of my ribs and, and things. And but basically, have you, even if you bruise a rib, um, I don't know if you've ever bruised a rib or no, no, I can't say I have. It, so if you if you damage that kind of part, like even if you just bruise them, it's really really hard. Like when you sneeze, it hurts. It feels like you're being punched in the chest. Like when you breathe in deep, it feels like you're being punched in the chest. Like it really hurts. So um, I took. Uh, so I said I had all these auditions lined up for the conservatoires, and um, I couldn't, I couldn't sing, I couldn't breathe properly, let alone sing, you know. So I had a little while where I was, I took some time off of singing, um, and during that time, something, something had happened to my voice. Like I, I don't know if you can really tell, and my, my speaking voice is quite low. Mm. Um, it, uh, I think maybe it always used to be quite low as a girl speaking, but I, you know, it definitely dropped, um, and. Uh, it's the longest time probably that I'd taken off a of practice in as long as I could remember. Um, and when I was physically fit again, it didn't actually take all that long. My voice didn't come back to the way it was ever. Um, and I, so I went to some of these auditions anyway to say, hey, you know, because I, I had all my credentials, you know, I had um, my A level, I had, you know, all of this performance background. I had, uh, I'd gotten a really good mark in my grade eight thing, which is the highest you could do before a diploma. Like all of the things ready to go on paper. On paper, I was a fantastic singer, and I yeah. go to audition and go, well, I can sing, I promise you can sing, I just can't sing right now. Um, so basically what I mean by I don't really know what happened is because after that, I went to uh, speech therapy, basically all the auditions were like, you know, you can't come to an audition and not sing. So yeah. I'm like really heartbroken. So I take a year out, try again when I was 19. Um, so I went to, during that time, I went to, continued on with lessons. I had um, speech therapy, I had physiotherapy, um, and trying to work out why my voice had gone and in the end you know i healed up completely fine and there was no physical 
reason that I couldn't sing anymore. Um, and I just couldn't sing anymore. My 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 range used to be like sort of five octaves. I used to be a mezzo-soprano. Um, so huge, huge range, very high range. And I just have no range anymore. I can sing about an octave in the middle of what my, my range used to be, the middle yeah. and the lower end. I basically had gone from a mezzo-soprano to, to a tenor. Um, and there were no female parts that I could sing anymore. <laughs> um, and like I said, after a year of that, uh, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to have to rethink what I'm doing in my life um, because I didn't know how many gap years I could take while trying <laughs> yeah, yeah. to, you know, to just, just trying to get my voice back. So I considered um, studying music academically instead and then going to do uh, performance uh, maybe as a master's. But during that time, I kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit like heartbreaking when you have to uh, realize that what you thought you were going to do is no longer what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a really hard time. So I went off and I kind of, you know, I did a lot of like, I, and also that kind of aid as well, you know, you can legally drink for the first time and all this. So I just went completely off the rails. Yeah. I also got like really, really, really depressed. Um, and, you know, I was really, really struggling with my mental health. And I don't think I realized until I look back now, I don't think I realized how bad it was at the time. Like I, you know, when I have sort of fresh eyes with someone who's gone through a lot and come through the other side much happier, I can look back at that time and go, oh, I feel sorry for that person. You know, I was really suffering. And I think, and, and during that, like I just became, you know, this kind of really, really like rebellious, depressed person. And, and then the kind of music that I related to the most was really, really depressing music and very angry music. You know, I had all of the, all of these feelings that um, I hadn't really had before, you know, and I kind of put it into, I guess I just surrounded myself by, <laughs> by things that made me, you know, express the way that I was feeling, which was much more kind of angry, angry and sad. Yeah. And, and, and that really goes hand in hand, I think, with the sort of like, the music that influences me now. Yeah. Is that right? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, no. Did it kind of, does the transition sound like it makes any sense? No, 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 it perfectly (laughs) does. Because, as you say, I think it's, because, as I said at the beginning, it kind of fascinated me to to learn that that was kind of your introduction to music. But obviously the stuff you're obviously singing about now is is kind of the complete opposite end of the spectrum kind of thing so yeah totally. I, I was just intrigued to, and obviously I, I really appreciate you sort of sharing that that story because I don't like it's a lot of people obviously they kind of go into punk in in that's their kind of straight line into it obviously but you kind of had a a path that you <laughs> wanted to go but it's kind of veered, veered you in a, in a different way but um, yeah. So, yeah. so wait, obviously after that, kind of, what was your your first kind of experience of of singing in in a sort of punk band live then, or, or was or is Screech Bats kind of the first thing that you've kind of tested the waters with, so to say? Yeah, um, it actually is. Screech Bats is the first uh, like punk band that I that I've sung in. Um, it's it's really interesting because uh, it, again, kind of going back to the classical music thing, this kind of um, I did, after I kind of had to accept that that wasn't going to be the life I was going to have, um, I couldn't listen to classical music. I still find it hard now sometimes to hear songs that I could sing at one point that I no longer can. Mm. Um, So I really had to find, you know, because I still love music, but I had to find something that didn't even remotely remind me of that life. Yeah. to enjoy. So I, I, like, sit there and the complete opposite end of the spectrum listen to this sort of, like... um, this type of music where I'm going to be careful with my words here um, 
where the singer doesn't have to sound perfect. Yeah, no, Do you no. Know what I mean? To be fair, because I'm a vocalist in kind of like a math quarry band, and I, yeah. my my vocals, nobody understands what I'm saying, and I'm happy with that. So <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. I mean, this is it. Like, um, I was now listening to music that I could sing along to, and it didn't matter that my voice was deep. It doesn't yeah. matter that my voice is kind of, um, you know, it, it's really strained at the top note. So you know, it sounds it sounds really harsh. That no longer mattered, which was. You know, really, really nice to find. Um, but I experimented with different lines because, like I said, I, you know, I, I wasn't going to just say I'm never going to sing again if I couldn't sing the music that I thought I was going to be singing. So I'd actually um, played in the folk band, and I've done quite a lot of um, nothing, nothing massive with them. But me and a friend, we both played uh, instruments and, and sang together, uh, and we wrote a lot of music and did a lot of little shows. Um, so I did that. That was my kind of, and that, but that, you know, that wasn't that wasn't that was just a hobby that I did to sort of tide me over between the um, tragedy of losing my classical voice mm. to, to finding a screech bats. You know, that was just you know, and the girl that I was singing with then, she's gone off and she's got a job in um, in the city doing something to do with reinsurance now. She's never <laughs> going to go down. She's never going to go down the, the making music for a living kind of route. Um, but I, I just I'd been so I'd actually split with her with regards to the band. I mean. Um, just that little side project we had going and I met I did uh, I was dating someone a long time ago who had me sing at his 30th birthday right. and that is because I hadn't done any folk stuff in ages but he was like for my for my present what do you think what do you sing at my uh, what do you sing at my birthday and I was like okay okay if it's you know if it means I don't have to buy a present <laughs> um, and so I did some folky things there and that's where I met the guys who were, who were now Screech Bats and Lexi and Kit, uh, so the drummer and the guitarist, uh, had another band, Hearts Under Fire, um, who were going on a little. Oh my hiatus. god! I... Sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but I've I saw them in my first year of uni. They played um, oh, what was the venue called? It was in Kingston. Um, um, I know the one. Fighting Cox. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. and I remember. That's so bizarre. That's yeah. Sorry, that just completely blew blew me away. Because I remember, like, in uni, sort of, because I didn't really know that in my first year, I didn't really know many people that were kind of into like alternative music or anything. So, yeah. and and the Fighting Cox was like my my local venue. So I was just going to all these uh, gigs on my own, and they were I can't remember for the life of me who they were supporting. But they were supporting someone, and I thought they were fucking rad. So yeah, they are amazing. They're, a, they're an amazing, amazing band. Yeah. So they're not. Um, they're like I said, they're they're on a kind of hiatus at the moment because you know, um, Nikki, one of the guitarists, wanted to go and do a bit of travelling, and everyone in the band, like, um, well, not everyone in the band. So drummer, bassist, vocalist, and uh, guitarist all got married. Uh, you know, so everything, everything, sort of, you know, they needed to just have a bit of time out. Yeah. But. Um, Lexi and Kit, so drummer and guitarist from Hearts Under Fire, uh, just wanted to carry on a project going just for some fun, just, you know, just because they didn't want to stop doing music just because Hearts Under Fire were taking some time out. So they put out a thing just saying, hey, we're looking for someone to come and do vocals. Um, and like I said, I'd only met them through a friend and they'd seen me once play some silly folk music at, at, at this, you know, at this guy I'd been seeing for a little while. Uh, birthday um, and I was just I was like you know what I would bloody love to be in a band I'd really like to be in a band <laughs> I was like <laughs> I'm just going to message them and see if they I'm just going to see if they're interested in maybe me singing in their band 
and like I said, because I've never played in a punk band and never done anything like this before, I thought that they were going to be, and I, and I knew they were in such an amazing band. I thought they were going to be like, uh, no, no, we want, <laughs> we want somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, so I dropped them a message, and they were like, yeah, hundred percent, come, come meet up with us. So I was like, this is, this is amazing. I'm in a band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they and they recruited in uh, Rio, who plays the bass, and Scoops Bass, who had previously been in a different band, Lexi. Um, and we started, you know, I think, I mean, pretty much from the off, we had the best time together, and we really, really gelled musically. Um, and although I think the project turned out completely differently to how uh, Lexi and Kit, they were originally like, we're going to just do some really grungy, raw, um, riot girl stuff. And the more and more we write, the more polished and everything, everything we start <laughs> making sounding. So it's gone a bit differently. And I think in the end, it's probably become a bit more of a serious project. Like I said, they just want to have a bit of fun while that band was taking a hiatus. But then we kind of realized that we loved it and we we're having a really great time and we may as well take this a bit more seriously so that's kind of where we're at that kind of brings us up to today <laughs> um yeah so no i haven't done any i haven't done any uh, band like this before this is my first band um in this kind of genre well for because obviously for for you as a as the vocalist kind of thing obviously I know I'm sticking on it because you've mentioned it, but with the whole sort of classical thing, how did you find sort of writing lyrics for for a punk band? Because obviously, I've never sort of been classically trained or anything like that. But from my understanding, that people have obviously there's kind of uh, strict sort of time signatures and things like that that kind of you've got to abide by. So how how was it kind of almost having something that you had free reign to write with? Oh, it was the best feeling <laughs> it was absolutely liberating honestly um and like i said i think you know this is what i mean by it's like a sad story with a really happy ending is that actually i look back now and i think as much as i loved classical music and i loved um i loved the way that i felt when i sang i never had the freedom and creativity that i have with this um kind of music now because in the end when i was singing classically what i was trying to do was replicate exactly um as best as i possibly could what someone else had put down on a page you know, more often than not hundreds of years ago, which is a wonderful thing. And I'm not belittling that skill because it's blinding, you know, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I, I loved doing it at the time, but actually now when I started writing, you know, just with, with the band, I can basically, you know, uh, we just do what we want. We just be silly. Like it doesn't matter if I'm, um, if I write something that doesn't, you know, like say adhere to strict classical rules, to strict rules at all. You know, I kind of just, do whatever sounds good or, or do whatever feels good you know, do whatever feels good to sing you can fuck around with the time signature you, know, you can fuck around with with everything um you know and like i said you know if i if i if i put a note in there that isn't quite right you know i can just bend it i can shout it you know and it doesn't matter and actually i did kind of realize that um I think I like writing for this kind of a band because I just have a lot of things I want to talk about. Um, yeah. And definitely with, with regards to lyrics, like, um, I've, uh, uh, it's been hugely cathartic, especially this EP compared to our last. Our last was loads and loads of fun. Mm. Um, and I, uh, and because we were right, we wrote, we wrote it, we, wrote and recorded within six months of forming this this first ep oh, okay. and we were just having a laugh like we were just i mean it's not we didn't take it seriously but the songs are about like um aliens existing yeah. and like losing our virginity and all sorts of like just like funny stories you know and things like that and then this ep um it just ended up getting like super super deep you know we all knew each other a lot better and i felt a lot more comfortable to sort of talk about some things that i really wanted to talk about and above anything it's not just about writing 
music that I think people want to listen to or writing songs that sound nice. It was this thing where I could sit and I could write down stuff that had been in my head that I'd never really processed, you know, things that had been really, really hurting me, like deep, deep, deep down. And I could just put it down on paper and then put it out in a song and nothing has ever felt so good, mm. you know, as, as doing that. So that's definitely been... Um, yeah, I can't remember what your question was. Now, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> well, you've kind of touched on what I, I wanted to speak to you next about was obviously the kind of the the, the difference between uh, the first EP and the EP that's going to be coming out soon is yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head. Like from an outsider perspective, obviously the the debut EP is quite sort of obviously it's still punk, but like it's got like that kind of quirky, funny edge to it. But from yeah. from what I've had the the opportunity to hear from um, Wish You Were Here is that it's kind of a lot more sort of personable. So was that a difficult, I guess not because you said it's quite cathartic, but from kind of being something that was quite jovial, quite fun, to putting something that was very much heart on your sleeve, like how how was, was that a difficult task? Or did you think like, okay, we need, we're taking ourselves a bit more seriously, so I need to step up my game in, in the lyrics kind of thing you know it wasn't any kind of um it wasn't any kind of uh, conscious decision which is actually and it's not um it's not that i'm not happy about it but i would have been really really happy to keep it this happy-go-lucky kind of silly vibe that we had going with yeah. the first ep i really did because actually i think my favorite song and i think the song that uh, the, a lot of people really really like was um et yeah <laughs> yeah and you know i mean the lyrics of that they're funny like i was i was laughing when i was writing them you know some of them like i'll i'll be your elliot if you'll be my oh, which is really, really funny it's genius i've got to give <laughs> to my hats to you Thank you so much. There's so much of it that, that when I sing it or when I read the lyrics back, I'm like, that's hilarious. You know, it's just so it's just so stupid. It was just having fun. And I would have been happy to carry on. And I think everyone else would have been as well. But something just happened where I just couldn't stop talking about my feelings, mm. you know. And um, I was like, you know, if this is the way that I feel like I should go, or, you know, if this is what's coming out of me, if this is what's naturally coming out of me, that's what I'm just going to roll with. And um, I think one of the things, like, and I just, going a little bit off the piece here but I think definitely something that happened is over the last um, couple of years so since we wrote the first EP and recorded that I actually made a real real effort to, to get over some of the problems I've been having like yeah. I said I've been you know really got I got very very depressed in my late teens um, like really crushingly and it was it, you know it was ruining my life like it completely was and um, that a few a few various things happened that led me to the point where I needed to sort my head out like I needed to do something and I it's not that I hadn't tried to get help before because I had and that's what was making me so desperate is I tried to go and get help and when the help wasn't working that's when I got like you know I did I, I was suicidal I, I didn't think I thought I tried to get help no one can help me I feel awful I wake up every day and I hate myself and I hate like opening my eyes you know and uh, so various things happened and I'm very very lucky absolutely so so lucky to have a like a loving supporting family who were just there even when I really really was behaving completely abhorrently you know um and I guess with the support of them I kind of finally got the help that I needed and I went to some very intense therapy that lasted about nine and a half months um I tried different medications but in the end nothing has really really helped so I was ideally trying to do this without medication um mm. not that I don't think I think medication is good if it works for people like crack on do it it just it just i i've been experimenting i've been put on different things and i was sick of trying different things and i yeah. just want to just want to work out what is what is wrong and, and how i can enjoy my life i met the most amazing doctor which is um 
what our single Get Better, this is largely who this is about. Um, and she just absolutely changed my life. Um, and just completely re- rewired my brain um, to being someone from, from someone who actually genuinely, if I was alone for too long, I would be trying to kill myself, you know. Um, from, from that person to, to who I am now, which is just someone who really, really loves their life, you know, <laughs> yeah. can appreciate all of those things. Um, all, all of those things, I could, just couldn't see how, how amazing things were before, you know. I just I had this like veil of depression just covering everything. Um, and so I think maybe because I went through all of that therapy, came out the other side and things just started getting better and better and better um, emotionally. And it just, I think it meant that I was able to tackle um, in a more eloquent way uh, some things that I hadn't ever really talked about before. Yeah. And that's just what happened with the CP. You know, I, I, I had this therapy. I sorted my head out. It, it's in a better place than it was before. And that meant that I was able to actually talk about some things. Whereas before, it's much easier to just have a laugh, like to just push all the, all the real feelings aside, just talk about, you know, just, just fucking talk about some shit, you know, which is fun and it, it served a purpose. But I'm, I'm just more, you know, like I said, able to, to deal with some deeper stuff now. Mm. And that's where, that's, that's why, that's, I think, why the lyrics especially um, ended up being so much more um, sort of, uh, mature and, yeah. um, and uh, intense <laughs> than yeah. they were in the last EP. And do you find that, obviously, I know obviously the the EP hasn't officially come out yet, but obviously the people have got a taster of it through um, the Get Better single, and obviously, as you've mentioned, the the first EP is kind of very sort of sort of it's got that fun element to it. But have people kind of been quite receptive to to the more quote unquote serious screech, screech bats to say? So far, so far, I think so. So far, I think so. Um, like I said, it's well, like I said, it's 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 early days. I haven't had the rest of the EP yet, um, and we haven't had you know reviews and stuff are only just starting to to come out about yeah. you know or, or like acknowledgements of the first e- uh, the first single are only just starting to come out. It's not been out very long. So far, the reaction has been very positive, and I've had a few comments that I've really really um, uh, appreciated uh, where people have actually really understood the things that I'm saying in the song um, and that, that means and means a lot and actually I've had uh, someone in particular has sort of really sent me a message just saying you know thank you for putting these words um, you know to this music because it's such an important thing to be saying and that is uh, like an amazing feeling and I really really hope that other people can take that away from from this music so so basically so far so good but yeah. it's super super early days and I'm kind of waiting to, for everyone to hear the rest of the EP to see you know whether people whether whether um whether our audience changes whether people who like this new ep don't like the old ep or people who like the old ep don't like the new ep i really you know when you're so close to a project it's very hard to, to <laughs> yeah. it objectively and, and say uh but yeah so far so good and kind of going back to the what you sort of said there about somebody messaging you like i think a lot especially sort of nowadays that you're kind of there's a lot more sort of spotlight on on social media and things like that and I, I don't want to kind of make this sound like oh because you're an all-female band but because I know there's a lot of female vocalists at the moment that are kind of um have got like a very prominent message to kind of say and I think it's, it's an important one to make and a, a very good friend of mine that um they've just put out a record and she said that the lyrics to her were a lot more personable like kind of what you've said so uh, do you feel that especially sort of after all the shit that happened in 2017 that in 2018 that 
being a, a female front fronted woman that, that was worded wrong <laughs> um but like do you, do you feel that you've kind of because you're in that position that you have a not a duty but because you've got that platform you can speak out for for other people not necessarily just just women but people that may are suffering with mental health are going through a hard time that because you're you're the one that's got that media attention that you've got a position of of a platform to speak so to say yeah for sure um i think that uh, in an ideal world in an ideal world i could go out and make music and no one is going to ask uh, uh, about my gender yeah. and in an ideal world i won't have to be saying it's okay to be depressed and you're allowed to talk about it but right now these things are still an issue so yeah if i have any kind of platform i'm going to be using it to talk about this and i think that like you said i mean it is almost a duty um i think you know like i said i would love I would love for, for these things to not be an issue, but they are, so we have to talk about them. I think um, there's kind of two separate topics there. I think with regards to being a female-fronted band, um, I think something that our band uh, definitely agree on is that we would really like to see female-fronted not being a, a genre. Oh, you know, and, and I, that's, that's why I, oh, yes. I hate asking that question because, yes. uh, like... For for me, like it doesn't it doesn't matter who gives yeah. a fuck basically. If you can play, if you can, yeah. if you can do kick ass music, I'm fine with that. Completely. I mean, that's that's exactly what we always say. Um, and yeah, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you agree. And I think it's a point that just can't be made enough. So the more you can say it, the better. The more you can just be like, okay, no one cares about your gender. Like, no one cares, <laughs> yeah. no one cares if you know, no one cares what you got between your legs. You know, you're just playing <laughs> awesome music, um, and that's what we want to see. Uh, the other point is obviously there's the issue of sort of assuming gender. We um, like we are not an all female band. Um, and we, you know, we have members of our band who are female. We have members of our band who don't identify as a gender. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, so that's it's a point that, like I said, in, at some point in the future, it will be great to uh, it'll be great to say no one, no one cares about gender. But right now, we need to make that point. And so whenever we do have a platform, we'll say, hey, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be mad at people for asking the question, you know, because all I want to do is educate people, you know, and just say, hey, this is a situation, you know, some, some of us uh, identify as female, and, you know, some people identify as no gender, like, yeah. or, you know, non, non-binary gender, and that's cool. And so if people don't understand it, all I'm there to do is to say, yeah, well, that's the deal. Um, but right now, like I said, you know, you're right, it is important to sort of raise the issue of gender, because people need to be talk- talking about it because if you just sweep it under the rug or avoid it because it's taboo or it's uncomfortable to talk about then no one's ever going to learn anything mm. um so there's that but also with regards to um depression and mental health oh my gosh this is not a thing that i can talk about enough <laughs> because um it really is and, and this again uh, sadly this is still a, a gendered issue because especially looking at it from the other side uh the people who are really really suffering um especially on that yeah um, because uh they've been brought up in this world but of course there is this male privilege and everything but you're also told a lot that you can't have feelings as a bloke um you know and 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 it it's something it makes you a woman or makes you a girl to cry or to show your emotions and um, which is a double-edged insult because it's like number one you're using being a woman as a girl as an insult <laughs> yeah. um and then number two it's also like completely ridiculous and it's forcing this whole you know generations upon generations of men just crush their emotions down um and end up you know like male male suicide is 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 insane it's an epidemic yeah you know i mean suicide depression and mental health is an epidemic but i think that's definitely something that needs to be addressed as well um 
but then also, you know, um, I think something that I really, really wanted to try and get across, especially in tracks like Get Better, is that it is possible to get better. Um, and it's something that I don't think I realised, especially when I was at my lowest. Um, I didn't I didn't know anyone who had come through the kind of thing that I was going through um, and, and actually lived a life that they were happy to be living. Yeah. Um, and so this is something, that, yeah, like I just, I, I want to I wanna say at any platform that I get, I want to go, there is help people people care and you can get to a point in your life where you wake up and you're happy to be there you know which i did you know i got to the point where i thought that i never ever would be you know i really really thought that my life was going to be miserable until eventually i died mm. you know and whether i killed myself or i died it was just going to be a battle until that moment and now i i do not feel that way so that's definitely a point that i want to make um is number one destigmatize you know everyone everyone talk about mental health talk about it 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 if you're suffering you know there is no shame in it at all or, or, or reach out to someone if you think that they are you know it's not a taboo thing they might really appreciate it you know so this isn't just for people who are suffering with it this is people for around you know just open your eyes and just be vigilant you know care about other other people and don't be scared to you know because it might really change someone's life to just go hey are you really doing okay Do you yeah have a chat? you know and then yeah finally the point of you, know, you, you can get better yeah um yeah it is it is possible to and so, something I just want to pick up on there because I think it's it's something that I've I've seen a, a few kind of gigs that I've been to recently is that you say about obviously not the whole bands could sort of identify uh, sorry identify as being sort of female and there's uh-huh. um, I'm not sure if you're aware there's a uh, well the, the one that sticks out to me is a band called Nervous that um, oh yeah no um, we know we know we know. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Prime example that because they played uh, my local venue in Portsmouth and they put up um, sort of like non-binary sort of like toilet signs in in the venue, and and I know I think they did that throughout the tour, and I th- I've seen sort of more and more bands kind of s- trying to kind of implement that. So, have, what's your kind of approach to to things as when you're kind of playing shows? Do you like do you kind of make a stand of that, or is it just a case of just get on with it accept us for who, who we are sort of thing you know that's actually like i didn't realize the nervous for doing that and that's awesome like i think that is a point you know it's an important point to be making and actually you know that's something that maybe i'm glad you said about because yeah. i think maybe that's that's really something that i reckon my band would, would, would bloody love to be doing you know we will do the same thing if they have those those you know like said signs on the toilets you know we go and be like okay if we're playing the show this is the sign on the toilet you know um yeah i think we we probably Whenever the question gets asked, we always make a point of talking about it. But actually, maybe we don't talk about it enough on on stage, and I think maybe that we should be. Um, so yeah, uh, I think oh, I will. I will. I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm probably gonna, gonna try and make more of a thing of it. I think the thing is at the moment, you know, when we when we play shows, we just kind of we just come in and, and we play the music. But actually, you're right. We should be making more more of a point about the things that we believe in as well. Using those platforms for good and that. Well, I'm, I'm going to, because I try not to drag these out too long, so I'm going to start start rounding up. So, obviously, you uh, got the EP sort of coming out in in the next sort of month or so now. So, what what's kind of the the plan for the rest of 2018 for for Screech Bats, or have, have you already sort of started the ball rolling for for another record? What what's the kind of deal at the moment? So, um, Wish You Were Her comes out at the end of March. Um, and we have a mini tour in April uh, to 
uh, support, you know, the, re- the release yeah. of the new EP. Um, and then after that, we're just trying to get out and play as much music as we possibly can, play as many places as we can. And then we have the goal of getting an album done by the end of the year. Awesome. So loads and loads and loads of new stuff. Um, really, really exciting. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be really going hard. 2018. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, and how I like to, to end these little chats, says me, is to ask my guest um, what their favourite song is, but with a little bit of a twist. So uh, what is your favourite Screech Bat song that you like to play live and why? Okay. Um, oh, my gosh, this is so tough. This is so tough. <laughs> this is so tough. Oh, I think I'm going something that is an unusual answer but it's true um i don't think this is our best song um but it's the one i enjoy the most live um we have a song called uh, just like you yeah and i really 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 like doing it live just because um there are so many words and <laughs> the chorus and it's just like when the chorus comes in i just go like I'm just like yelling basically and yeah. it's really really quick and it's so much fun to play for me for me personally just because I get to say so much stuff all in one go and uh, I don't know if you noticed I talk a lot and I talk very quick <laughs> um, and so that's probably the song that at the moment I'm enjoying the most but it does always switch around you know because I'll be doing the set and I'm like oh, god I love this next one I love this yeah, next one yeah. right now that's probably the one that I look forward to in the set yeah just just like you Perfect. Esme, thank you very much for your time this evening. I really thank appreciate you so much it. Thank um, yeah, Best of luck with the EP, and I'm sure you're going to have a, a killer 2018. <laughs> thank you so much. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you again to Esme for her time. Uh, this was a really fun chat, really eye-opening for, for me personally as well. So I uh, really appreciate Esme kind of opening up and, and telling her story. It was, it was really cool. Um, Screech Batch new record, uh, Wish You Were Her, is out on March 30th, so make sure you go check that out when that drops. Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what the band are doing on all the various social media platforms. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash screechbats. And then it's at ScreechBats on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can always follow us on, on Twitter as well. It's at just underscore and underscore insight. Uh, and if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please hit the subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That would be great. Massive help to us. Um, I'm going to keep this outro pretty short. Uh, next week, we are joined by a drummer of Watch Cries, Ant Cole, very close friend of mine. Um, so yeah, that's that's another rad episode. Recorded that a little while ago, so glad to finally get that one out for you guys to hear. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me again on the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you soon. 